everybody, Dr. Z here. Welcome to the Z Time Podcast. And today I want to talk to you guys about something really, really cool. Who is Dr. Albert J. Stunkert? I'm going to break that down for you guys. And I'm going to show you why his work was so influential right now in the diabetes epidemic. And why his work, there was many good aspects of his work. And then the negative side of his work of unintended consequences that um, uh, were born out of his work, but amazing work. And so who was Dr. Albert J. Stunker? Dr. Albert Stunker was a New Yorker. He was born in Manhattan, which is really cool. I love Manhattan, awesome city. And he actually was the son of a biologist. And then he went to school at Yale University. Then he went to Columbia University uh, for medical school. And then after that, it was pretty interesting. He went to World War II uh, and he served as a physician in the United States Army. And at that time, when he was in Japan, he actually studied a lot under under uh, D.T. Uh, Suzuki. So it was really interesting, you know, um, to, to learn that and he also got involved a lot into Zen Buddhism at that time and I really think that that really influenced the way that his work um, and the word that the way that his psychiatry work and how good he was and how much compassion and presence he brought into his work and how much insightfulness I really think that that trip was you know what made him who he is and often it's amazing to know that different things that we think are not related like him joining the army, going into Japan, ends up, you know, learn, you know, taking mentorship from these amazing people like D.T. Suzuki and then uh, ends up learning a lot about um, about uh, Buddhism and, and, and incorporating that into his life. And so it's really interesting how our lives kind of can take, you know, a side uh, to, 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 and then come together a full circle and then show us why is it that we experience something else. And so, you know, his work was really positive and it had his intended consequences. Now, the most important thing about what I want to say is that, look, you cannot steer a car You cannot steer a car that is parked. You cannot steer a car that is parked. You know, and so it's easy for me to say that this was bad about his research when, you know, I'm here years and years later knowing what we know now. And so I mainly want to talk about what the positive was and then what happened that kind of led to um, from his work for us to change our belief system about diabetes and obesity. And so... What happened is that, you know, he was most of his time a psychiatrist. And so he was a psychiatrist and a researcher at Stanford uh, University and also at the University of Pennsylvania. And the cool thing is that he is probably considered the father of obesity research because he was probably one of the first ones who really did like an obesity study. Right. And so it was really cool because one of his first studies was really interesting. He took about 547 Danish people um, that were adoptees and twins and he took them and he tried to see if their biological parents had more influence on their word on whether these kids were obese or not whether they were overweight or not so if you had an overweight biological parent and then you were adopted through a thin family would that have any influence his research shows amazing results. It showed that most of these kids had no correlation in between the weight 
of the adoptive parents. Meaning, if I'm an overweight kid and I was adopted by a thin family, I, I would still be overweight. And if my parents, my biological parents were overweight, that I would continue to be overweight despite the fact that the adoptive parents were thin. And so I think the cool thing that came out and, and out of this study was that he came at it from a perspective of trying to destigmatize obesity. He took that stigma away and I think he was really useful. He really stuck his neck out for saying to society, look, we really are stigmatizing and judging these people and is not all their fault is mostly not their fault, as a matter of fact. is only 30% their fault. He showed that 70% was due to genetic uh, factors. That's what he said, right? Because he, ex- he expressed that, um, that he saw obesity in the kids despite of, uh, of it you know, being in a thin family, uh, adoptive family. And so that was the conclusion from his studies which were really interesting, right? Because he said that it was 70%. Now, we know that that's not fully true, actually. Far from the true now. Because, and although we don't know exactly uh, the details of it yet, scientists are starting to crack the code. And the interesting thing is that obesity, so even though his research, you know, is not, it was true, you know, what he saw was true, then now you would expect that if you looked at the genes of a person, you could actually predict, you know, and explain by at least 70% that they're obese from the genes. But guess what? You cannot. You can only explain 30%. You can only explain 30%. When they map out the different genes and the different uh, genetic compositions and they try to correlate all of that, they can only explain about 30% of obesity through somebody's genome. And so it's really important to start looking at that whole picture. So I think the benefits of his work was that he destigmatized um, obesity and, 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 and he started obesity research. He was one of the pioneers in there. And like I said, you know, you cannot steer a parked car. You got to move. You got to move. You got to make, make charge. You got you to gotta take action to make an influence in a field. If you make a mistake or if you're wrong, then that's okay. But you keep going. That way you're learning and you're learning and you're advancing the field. And so that's cool. And then I think the bad thing that came out of it is a pessimism of being able to help obesity uh, and, 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 and people with obesity and a pessimism for the people with obesity because it kind of, um, it, it kind of told this narrative that 70% was genetic. So there is nothing they could do about it that only... If they try to do something about it, they would only influence it by 30%. And which now we know that that's not true. 
We know that there is actually genetic risk scores and is a lot more complicated um, than, than just saying it's genetic or not. It has to do a lot with the combination of genes and how these genes are expressed. And tomorrow I'm going to break down for you guys how these, so how this is broken down. How is it that, okay, Dr. Stunker found that it was 70% genetic. How is it that we're finding now that only 30% can be explained by the genes. So where is the only, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70%? Where is the rest? And what is explaining? What is that missing link um, that, is, that, that, that is the bridge in between nature versus nurture? What is that missing link? And so tomorrow I'm going to talk to you guys about that. I'm going to break it down for you in the genetics, the risk, the genetic risk scores of type 2 diabetes. I'm going to break down the epigenetics of it and what are the other factors that influence whether somebody is type 2 diabetic or not, whether somebody is obese or not, and whether somebody can respond to therapies or not, which is super interesting. But you know, hats out to Dr. Sunkard because he really... Um, he really developed, you know, and pioneered a field of obesity research, and we owe him a lot. And also, he destigmatized uh, obesity, and he put a flag, uh, you know, on the ground in a way, saying like, "Hey, we need to be more compassionate with these people because there is a part that is out of their control. There is a part that is out of their control." And I think that you know, to a point, he had a really important uh, narrative that we need to take into. Consideration and then build upon to be able to work together with relentless uh, support for people who are suffering and struggling with this issue. I think one of them, uh, one of the guys who I really uh, respect the message that he gives out is. Um, Drew Manning with Fit to Fat to Fit. If you haven't uh, heard about him, look him up, Fit to Fat to Fit. And he, you know, he's super ripped and then he goes and gains a bunch of weight and then he goes and loses it again. Uh, he's been in the Joe Lennon jo uh, show and he's just a really great guy all around. But the cool thing is that he has understood, you know, he's beginning to understand how much suffering it takes to be overweight, how much you don't feel good, how much you can't play with your kids, you can't tie your shoes, you're getting looks, you don't feel energetic, your mind is uh, not sharp as much. And so he comes at it because he's been obese and overweight and, be, and, and gotten fit again and gotten obese and overweight again consciously um, as a part of his programs that he's beginning to understand so much more the psychology and so much more the pain and the struggle that people go through with this. And so I think, you know, that just builds upon Dr. Stunkard's research so that we can then um, build upon from that. And so from a place of compassion, from a place of relentless support, then we can take all that information and start devising ways in which we can help people overcome this disease because now is the time to empower them and to... Um, to take that narrative 
and flip it on his head because many people believe that that's when the pessimism started about being able to help type 2 diabetes. So now we just need to flip it and start uh, empowering people with the newfound data, with the new research that shows that, yes, there is many ways to help people. Yes, people can reverse their type 2 diabetes, their obesity. Yes, they can. And yes, the genes can change the way that they are being expressed. And so tomorrow I'm going to break that down a little more. All right, everybody, that's it for today. I hope you guys have a phenomenal day. Uh, And remember, thrive on, thrive forward, and take it easy. Dr. Z here. Bye-bye.